attack life, not others, with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. On the show with us today, we have a special guest. His name is Steve Fleischer. Steve, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. And you know, Tim, the reason I wanted to have Steve on the show with us is, well, first of all, he's, he's just one of those guys that is positive. He's got the, the intangible energy that you just feel it when you're around him. He puts out nothing but good messages. And to sum it up in two words, he's real. That's the way I see it. In this noisy world with uh, all the chaos that we talk about, all the distractions, he cuts through it. He's just a real man who's, as we talked about in the last couple of weeks, he's put in the time, the hard work in his life. And now he's using that to help others. He's saying the same things we're saying, but sometimes it takes a different person and a, a different sort of vehicle to get that message across. And he's just so articulate and so amazing at doing exactly that. Steve's background, uh, not just working with inner city school students in Philadelphia, but also he's heavily involved in the boxing industry. And that's how I know him from me working in the pro boxing world. Let's face it, when you're starting off boxing, typically you're at a younger age, you're very impressionable. And boxing is a combat sport. It's, it's making boys to men and warriors, okay? As we say, a peaceful warrior. Now, with martial arts, it's very similar. You know, you're not just working on one aspect. You're working on the mind, you're working on the body and the spirit. And boxing does exactly that as well. It taps into all three things. It's a known thing that boxing literally and figuratively gets kids off the street gives them a passion, a purpose, and something productive in life. As you know, I mean, we're, we're good friends with Larry Holmes, and Larry will be the first to tell you that the St. Anthony's Youth Center in Easton, Pennsylvania, did exactly that for him. And he became the heavyweight champion of the world. But that's what Steve does. And he's does. a great guy, by the way. I'm proud to call him a friend. Sure. And uh, Tim, Steve himself was an amateur boxer, so he knows what it's like to take some shots, to get in there, to get physical, to be physical. And it's a modality that taps into way more than just the physical. It's the mind and the spirit as well. And if you don't mind my interjecting, please do. I try to tell the kids that I deal with in regards to the street, the best fight that you can have is the one that you walk away from and that you don't engage and that you're able to find the middle ground with the aggressor, if you will, so that you don't have to throw your hands. In the martial arts, which you guys are invested in, you also know, and I like your approach, that it's body and mind. And you know what? You guys deserve a lot of respect for allowing others to learn and to join with you in that person. Where is your place that you, you do this? Is it in Philly? I'm going to tell you where it is. That's a great question, Tim. It's on the streets of any city I'm in. I call myself a street counselor, and my office is on the streets. So I don't need an edifice or a brick-and-mortar building. I do it wherever I see a need to tap into a void, let's say, that somebody is going through. It might be a busser at a, at a restaurant, a server, could be anybody who looks like they need someone to give a damn. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I you hope said that answers my daughter, your question. It does. My daughter is um, really getting back, and Chelsea's really getting back into wanting to teach martial arts, but she started learning at four years old from me and the system we have. And she's going to be teaching. Uh, it's so cool. She's going to be teaching people 
on the uh, the, the steps in Philadelphia where the uh, the Rocky Memorial is. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so she's doing them outside. She could be teaching people on the steps, running up the steps, training on those steps. Doesn't need a place that has brick and mortar. And it's just so when she told me that the other day, she's got a couple interested people. I said, that's just so cool. And she said, on any good summer day, tons and tons of people are walking, well, you know, they're, they're working out on those steps. I mean, why do you do it? I mean, so let's say you, you, you walk into a restaurant and you see a busboy coming up to you and um, you just feel it, man. You just feel like this kid needs help, right? So you reach mm-hmm. out to him. And the next thing you know, you, you say, hey, man, because uh, I, I remember something similar happened to me when I was down in Florida one time. And I caught up a, a good relationship with this guy for a short time. Um, didn't train him, but got close to doing that. But you, you can sense it. And the next thing you know, you open up to conversation because you're sensitive about it. Where most people will just look at the bus boy and say, that's your job. Do it and walk out the place. What, where does that sensitivity start? And why does it start? How did it start with you? I talk about the invisible people. Usually it's service people and a lot of others look through them. It's almost like you could be I'll get, give you an example. You're at a cashier's station and you'll see someone on their phone and they're purchasing something and they're not showing any respect whatsoever to the cashier. To me, that's just ignorant. Or yeah. you'll be at a restaurant and you'll see people, hey, kid, get over here, whatever the case may be. No, I look at everybody as an individual. Now, to look at somebody who comes up to you, let's say to clear a table, I'll look at somebody and I take into account tattoos, piercings, maybe they have a nervous twitch, whatever the case may be, there is something I could zero in on and find a commonality. So if I'm looking at somebody who has a number of tattoos, I can usually tell, are they homemade or prison tattoos? Are they something that tells a story? And that's usually a good lead-in. One of the things that I am able to pick up on is the energy coming from that individual. And sometimes all I have to say to them is, you're having a tough day, aren't you? Or you haven't had it easy. And if the person is receptive, they'll open up. And sometimes you'll get nothing. You don't have any comeback from it. But when you do find that the person needed to get something off their chest, hey, I'm here, you're there, let's see if we can figure something out. Along those lines, in keeping with the Philly theme this episode, Steve, one of my favorite sayings that you have is from the top of the main <laughs> line to the bottom of the drain line. And, and that's so go. indicative. That's so you. You talk to every single person the same way with the same amount of respect and that's how you pull things out of them. And that's how you connect with people of all sorts. I'm proud you know, of thing about this. Yeah, you should be. And I want to ask you something, Steve, real quick, too, because this is good for our listeners. It's good for me. It's good for all of us. And, but, you know, they say that most of our character, you know, is developed between the ages of four, five, six years old. That, you know, it could be tweaked throughout a, a lifetime, nature, nurture, let's just say. But most of what we are today, and I don't know how old you are, but I know... Um, a lot of who I am today is who I was when I was little, and I obviously needed a lot of help as I moved forward. And that's where the martial arts came in, for sure. But were you always like that, or is it something profound that happened in your life that changed your direction? Um, 
or did you just learn that through teaching kids in, in school, uh, being well, a boxer, I, or you know I, what what brought you into that sensitivity great, level? Insightful questions, Tim. And the thing is, I was very blessed to have two amazing parents who instilled this in our home. My sister, my brother, we all grew up in a household that we were taught to help one another and to help wherever we can to repair the world wherever we are able to. I would say 18 years ago when I had stage four cancer, I was able to overcome that. Well, that only honed that feeling that I had to try to be able to reach out to others. People would say to me, what do you do basically? I know you're a teacher, you're in the business world. What is it you basically do? Sum it up. And I'd say, well, I do a little teaching, I do a little preaching, and a whole lot of reaching. And that's what we need to do as individuals in this world. We need to reach out and try wherever we can to be able to give what energy that we have that's positive to those that need it because something is holding them back. One of the things I'm always reminded of is is to love God with all your heart and love your neighbor like you love yourself now. First of all, you got to love yourself first, and that's hard. And then once you do find that you do care for yourself and you love who you are and you find your purpose in life, that's what ignites and allows you to spread that goodness out to others. And if we can fix anything, um, it, that's it, is to just reach out. And it doesn't have to be your neighbor. Your neighbor me could be anybody, anywhere, anytime, and just try to do what you can do. Steve preaches the same kind of stuff, Tim, you and I talk about. Giving a firm handshake, looking someone in the eye, giving that respect with body language, actually framing your body and facing the person, not looking off to the side while someone's talking to you. And I think it's such a cool thing what you do, Steve, because, yeah, you you work with a lot of boxers, a lot of people, uh, you know, on the streets and all. And they might have coaches and trainers in the boxing world, but there aren't many people teaching the old school intangible traits that you need to survive in the Life world. Skills. Life exactly. skills. Yes. It's a lost art. It's a lost art. Steve, tell me your philosophy. I already know the answer to this, but tell me what's the most valuable things in the world. Well, Tim, Steve's referring to something that I uh, have brought out in the past. I tell people that I care about or that I want to reach out to, if you can put a price tag on anything, it's not that valuable. It's the intangibles in this world, life, love, friendship, family, health, happiness, reputations, and time, because you can't buy these things. Hence, they are priceless. And a lot of people chase material things, and they're always looking to make that extra dollar, and everything material can come and go. You can have money, you can lose money, but the traits that are imbued within you, they carry and they can make a huge, huge difference as to who you are and how you navigate life. There's an expression in the uh, Talmud, if you will, that says, a rich man is one who is content. And that is important to realize that just because you have money doesn't mean you're rich. That's fantastic. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
I got to tell you, Steve, this was enjoyable. And I, again, we try to do this because it is, uh, Steve and our, our project for the last four, four and a half years approaching now where just want to get the good word out there to inspire people to, you know, um, that they can, they can change and they can, they can light themselves up and get that goodness to circulate around this world because we sure need it. And it wasn't many times, you know, I have to tell you too, something I learned later in years and I just finish with this. And I like you two guys comment about this real quick, but I wasn't really, um, I didn't see a lot of A's on my report card, um, here and there, but as I got through high school and I started working on things that I wanted to do, eventually found my purpose. I go by these three A's, which is it's not aptitude. It's attitude that determines your altitude. And I, I believe it. that it's attitude. It's all about the attitude and that determines how high, how far you soar. That's my belief. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's certainly a great way to put it, and, and you sum it up in a, in a very concise way with those three A's. So you don't have a whole lot more to say after that because it encompasses so much. It does. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Hey, it's my Thanks. pleasure, and I wish you and all the listeners nothing but the best. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittenin social media creation. Steve Mittenin social media.com.